Debates, discussions, and everything else you shouldn't talk about at the dinner table is on our table. It's your weekly guiding motto in Pod We Trust. Welcome back to In Pod We Trust. I'm Jacqueline. I'm Tyler. And this week we have a very special token guest with us. That's right. Our very own Ginger Nolan. Say hi, Gingy. Hello. <laughs> Ooh. Nerve touched. <laughs> Hello. Ooh, this is his last time on the show. Ouch. First and Ooh. last. First and last. We'll see. I'll weasel my way back in. <laughs> no, he's not a real ginger. It's a sensitive topic. He's strawberry blonde, but ginger. He he can check the box on the applications. <laughs> I get scholarships. Is that how you got into school? Yeah, that's how I got my uh, scholarships. That's how I'm paying for school. I'm triggered. Uh, figures. <laughs> Taking your handouts. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so we have a lot to discuss today. A lot has happened. Um, the first thing that has been burning in my mind all week, I don't know if you guys saw it, there was a father of a Parkland victim. His daughter died in the shooting, um, and he put something on Facebook, I believe, and he was wearing either a Trump pants shirt or hat, and the comments on the video were disgusting. They were like, you deserve it. This is what you get for voting in Trump. All to this man who just lost his daughter in a school shooting. I, like, oh. I just don't even know what to say. You know, I feel like my expectations for the internet are pretty low <laughs> at this point in my life. <laughs> like, when I hear that kind of stuff, it's just like, well, that's exactly what I thought would happen because, I mean, especially we're such a polarized society right now. Um, politics is so polarizing. And it's honestly, it's even gotten to the point where the guy can't grieve for his daughter that was just shot mm-hmm. without politics coming into it and without being vilified. And that's not, the, you know, no, I don't think anyone's blaming the left or liberals or anything like that. These aren't mainstream people on the Internet saying these things. But, man, it's just it's so terrible that that's where we are. I think it's one of those things where the anonymity of the internet really takes over and it allows people to be more negative than they would ever be in person. Oh, yeah. And it's it's kind of terrifying that that's become a part of our culture where we think it's okay to just attack people as if they're not humans because we can't see them. We don't see their faces, their reactions, and like who they are as a person. We just see a profile picture and a username. And so for a lot of people, it makes it easier to be overly aggressive and just that's right. downright inhumane. Very true. I feel like as a g- in like in general as a society we've lost regard for humanity. And I know I said that last week regarding the shooting, but I still think it's true. Mm-hmm. Like if I this is why this happened, this is my moment. I think I figured it all out. It's because we have no dis- no regard for human life anymore. Like you just see someone that is on the opposite <clears throat> side of the political spectrum, and you just oh they're a liberal. I can kill them. I don't care. Like uh, like where yeah when did that happen? When did we start being like that? I don't know. Yeah, it, it kind of ties in. I've seen a lot of posts like that where people are saying, well, you know, everyone who voted for Trump, th- you got what you deserved, like, right? What? Like by voting for Trump or voting for Marco Rubio, basically you helped this happen. You ensured that 17 people were going to die, right? right? As if somehow <laughs> us, the voters, or even Trump and, you know, the politicians have responsibility for what happened. I just think it's a... It's a really sick thing to do. Right. And I know that's another thing, speaking on responsibility for this, um, that you definitely wanted to get into the kids who have been, like, the survivors. Uh, 
kind of making the rounds <sighs> on all the news shows and putting the blame on different people, politicians, the NRA, et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. So first thing I guess we can talk about, we can talk about that CNN town hall. Did you all see that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> CNN town hall. Yeah. Uh-huh. What a freaking parade that was. You know, it's a good thing Ringling went out of business because <laughs> CNN has taken the mantle of putting on the world's greatest circus. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous, unfactual, pointless spectacle I've ever seen. Okay, they set this entire town hall packed with anti-gun people uh, with students from the thing who are very emotionally charged, students and parents, giving them the ability to pretty much say anything they want as long as it's within their agenda because you know some students were told not to ask their questions if they were pro-gun. Um, but they could say anything to the senators and to uh, the spokespeople if it was in their agenda. And then basically put yourself in Marco Rubio's shoes. All right, CNN holds this event. If he doesn't show up, he's a coward for not facing the people. And if he does, he gets roasted alive on national TV mm-hmm. by an audience that's stacked against him. I mean, it was just unbelievable that they let this thing pass and they let some of these questions go through and let the, the audience act the way they did. I mean, really, what a spectacle. And it's just such a shame to see the students, you know, some of the students being dragged into this. Um, and a lot of the ones who were more pro-gun being told they couldn't ask their questions. You know, it just, it really bothered me, that whole thing. It doesn't help the gun debate in America, I don't think. I do think, um, just playing dev- devil's advocate here, that it was an important conversation. Um, just merely the fact of the victims being able to get up and say what they went through, their thoughts, what they think should be done. I don't think CNN did it the right way. I think President Trump's listening That's event. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, I think that, that was, was the a right. much better just sit down, listen, let me yes. vent. You didn't go through <clears throat> this. I just did listen to what I have to say. I think that was very well done, and that was that was a good Trump moment for me. You know, there's bad Trump days. There's good Trump <laughs> days. That was a good Trump. I was Trump. like, all right, good job. Good job. Yeah, you did yeah, good. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I agree with you, though. The CNN did not did not handle that. Yeah, I think that it really shows the raw power of the mainstream media and the ability they have to kind of sway public opinion. Because when you pack a house full and you call it a town hall, like discussion, debate, even a conversation, it wasn't any of those things. No. It was okay. We're gonna put Marco Rubio up here, and we're gonna pack it with pro gun or uh, pro gun control uh, people, and we're going to berate our officials. And so, if you're at home watching, you think, wow, there's really a lot of people. There's a large majority of people that are for gun control. And so that in itself can sway public opinion, just thinking, well, that's the majority of people's opinion. If I'm not informed in this issue, I say, well, the majority of people, they, they can't be wrong. So I'm going to vote with them. I'm going to side with them on this gun control issue. And so I think, you know, just the responsibility that CNN has there and they're just not taking it very seriously. They're pushing their own agenda rather than necessarily what most Americans want, what's best for America. Like obviously everybody has their own vision of what's best for America, but CNN shouldn't be pushing theirs. They should be, you know, projecting what, you know, an accurate depiction of the opinions in America, not packing a house full of one side or the other. Mm -hmm. And, And you know, that was, I mean, really, just I, – I did not think it did much to help the gun debate. You're right. Because it, my question is, where are these town halls during, uh, you know, 
during the interim between mass shootings when the emotions are down. That's what I want to see in America is a gun control debate when there hasn't been a shooting. Because every time we see a shooting... Hard to find a time like that lately, honestly. That's, I know. I mean, Washington's busy. <laughs> but I mean, if it's such a big deal, it's so important to so many people, and yet for some reason, we only talk about it after a mass shooting. And that destroys any hope of anyone getting anything reasonable done. Because then it turns into, if either side compromises, they're caving. And the NRA will shoot down Republicans who cave, oh. and Democrats will Bad shoot word down. Choice. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, I'll show myself out. No, that no. So <laughs> um, applications are open for a new co-host. If you're <laughs> listening and interested. Yes, it's not my last podcast. <laughs> God, we're gonna be on CNN probably here in a couple oh, days. Wow. Oh man, but you know, it's just yeah. W- when they do this stuff. There's no hope for reasonable debate. And then you get things like this by CNN that are it's meant more for ratings than it is to actually have reasoned discussion. Props to Marco Rubio, though. He showed up. Yeah. Um, speaking Good of time. that, I was at CPAC this past week Ooh, um, yes, you in were. D.C. And Dana Lash was there, who's the NRA spokesperson. Um, she was there the night after she was at CNN Town Hall. That's right. And... Yeah. Um, she was very shaken up by it. And then I watched the clips and I went back and watched it. And there were videos of people, children, as she was speaking, interrupting her, calling her a murderer. You're this, you're that, you're killing kids. You don't care about our lives. And that just blew my mind even more. Like, even on the sense there's the Marco Rubio end of it. Like, he showed up, did his part, listened to people. And she got attacked even worse, I felt like. Yeah, she she's the face of the devil. Uh, yeah, literally. They were just <laughs> like, oh, here's my chance. This is, uh, I don't know. She <coughs> she made an interesting comment at CPAC. You probably oh, I was heard there. it. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Um, what I'm about to say? Was it about the ratings, maybe? It was about, yeah, how the media loves mass shootings. Did you hear yeah. that, yes. Nolan? Yes, I did. Yes. I thought that was an interesting choice of words. It's a terrible choice of words, but the sentiment behind it isn't necessarily incorrect. But the choice of words is uh, awful. See, I disagree. I think it was I like I watched the whole speech. Um, she was my favorite speech <coughs> at the entire convention. She was very powerful. Sell out. She's okay. <laughs> She's a very intelligent woman, obviously. Um, and she, before she said the statement, she looked back and she's like, I know this is going to get taken the wrong way and I'm going to be on every headline, but I want you to hear me loud and clear and like looked back right where the media were. And she's like, you guys love this. You use it for your ratings. You use it to exploit children. You use it to push your agenda. And I don't think she's wrong. I really don't. And I'm not just saying it's just CNN or it's just the fake news. Like I'm not part of that. But I do think the media, they get aroused out of this stuff. You know, like they're using it. They're exploiting these children. We just talked about it, having them all over their networks. And I don't think it's for the purpose of having this important discussion that we think it is. You know, I agree with her. I think they're using it for their gain. What do you think, Nolan? You still disagree Uh, after that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I completely agree. Um, You know, even if she does know it's going to get taken out of context. (laughs) Obviously, she had to know it was going to get taken out of context because it's just it's really just a poor choice of wording. But Mm -hmm. the media definitely loves it. And you can see even even more with international incidents. um, And I'm guilty of this. Like, I remember when there were like the bombings in Paris, like I could not stop watching the news. Like I wanted to see all the updates. And I knew a lot of people that were like that. So 
it definitely drives people to watch the news, to pay attention to news, to watch social media, and everything's like that. So, from a business standpoint, of course they love it, True. right? I mean, there's it, it drives the ratings. It drives. It's going to drive up their revenues. Uh, the more viewers they get. So, from a business perspective, of course they do. See, but from to me, from a PR standpoint, she just she's kind of becoming now what the opposite side thinks she is all right to suggest as she did that the media loves these mass shootings and she knew how it was going to be taken no matter what she was implying about the ratings she knew how people were going to take it basically it's more ammunition now for the other side to go oh look at these people this is the face of the nra i mean to me i just wish that the nra would come out more and their messaging would be yeah you know Shootings are a problem. Mass shootings are a problem. Let's solve it together because we represent responsible gun owners. That's who we make up. But instead, they're just getting into the thick politics and the media bashing, and they're thinking that this is somehow going to work out for them. And maybe it will in the short term, but there's a lot of momentum against them, and I feel like they're picking the wrong move. See, that's the thing, though. Um, We heard from the Wayne LaPierre, who is the – head of the NRA, like the CEO right now at CPAC also. Um, very long speech, very emotional speech. And he was talking about all these initiatives and these bills they've been trying to get passed for years, trying to get the background checks strengthened and that <coughs> police have to immediately put these issues of domestic violence and things like that into the system so they know. Because a lot of these mass shootings have been committed by people who have had these against them, but they've never been fully put into the system just for lack of following through with things. And the NRA has been trying to get these things through. They've been trying for years since they've been around. I do. I think Dana is just, I think she's doing exactly what she wants to do. And based on the yeah, attacks that have is. been to her, <laughs> I mean, if they were attacking me, they're finding her children's names and posting them all online. Mm. Like, there's just no, there's no reason for that kind of stuff. She's not the one who did this. She's not responsible for this. And that brings up another debate. Who's responsible? Is the NRA responsible? Because that's a whole other thing. All these boycotts. I don't know. What do you guys think? So as far as taking responsibility, I think, okay, obviously there was the, there was the shooter himself, and you have to right. give that responsibility. Um, the, the problem here is everybody's looking at like Trump and Rubio as these like huge political figureheads for Florida and the United States as far as um, legislation goes and gun laws. But it's not like there weren't people who came before them, right? They're the current figurehead, so it's easy to blame them. But if you want to talk about laws referring to um, uh, what some people like to think is military-grade weapon, which an AR-15 is not, but um, that's a completely different discussion. Um, the, to blame the, you can blame the legislative process to an extent uh, to which this guy was able to go and purchase his, uh, purchase his firearm. You can blame the fact that we still don't have mental health checks, even though I would say probably a majority of Americans would say, yeah, that's something we need. Um, And there's been, you know, like Tyler said earlier, we're being more reactive than proactive. And we only want to pass legislation when these things become relevant. But if we want to stop these from happening, we need to do them before they happen, not after they happen. So I think we can blame the legislative process as a whole for being overly bureaucratic and incredibly lengthy. Um, And we can blame like some state legislators. Right. If we're not passing any gun control laws, you know, even just the common sense ones like mental health checks. And, you know, I think removing bomb stocks is fine. Um, a lot of those are but 
like mental health checks are already in place but they're not necessarily done properly and the disconnect also lies within there are 38 states that submit less than 80 percent of their criminal convictions to the background check system so when that loophole is there how many people can be committing these acts these what may seem like minor acts like maybe domestic violence and then boom it leads to this well why didn't we know about this what happened they committed this how'd they get a gun well it wasn't followed through it wasn't put into the system and the fbi also didn't follow through on this one Yes. Even though there were multiple warnings, this man should have had, you know, he should have been put on things like a no-fly list and probably a no-gun purchasing list for at least a period of time until they decided that he was no longer a threat. Mm-hmm. But they had that knowledge and they decided not to utilize it. And to me, that's just extreme neglect of the safety of Americans. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I saw Trump's conference today. Did you see what he said, they were talking about the uh, school resource officer who who was stationed outside, and oh. he, for whatever reason, he didn't run in. Apparently, he thought the shooting was outside. That's why he didn't run <laughs> inside. Um, that's what his lawyer's mm. saying. Mm. But <laughs> President Trump's saying if he had been there, he would have run in even without a gun. Did you, did you see that? I, I didn't. He said I, that. I'm kind of glad I didn't know. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was great. He was like, you know, if I'd been there, I think I would have run in. Even if I didn't have a gun, I would have run in. <laughs> Just uh, run in. Stop yeah. it, sir. Uh, what <laughs> like, a hero. What? Yeah. Hashtag, that's my president. Oh, please, no. <laughs> One of the most irritating things that's come out of this, and this is incredible, like, this is way, like, less severe, but is the amount of people who are just, like, clearly uneducated on what an ar-15 is mm-hmm. ar does not stand for assault rifle it stands for arma light or automatic rifle or automatic, automatic rifle for that rifle. point it stands yeah. for arma light which is the company that produces the ar-15 it's not military grade straight back it's just not mm-hmm. now the extended magazine you can make the argument but at the end of the day it's semi-auto um but it's not military grade by any means why don't they put you on cnn Oh, dude, they, they, don't, they don't want me. They don't want me. See, going back to the Trump thing, we, uh, we had a term in my performing arts high school. It was called the easy chair. Um, when we were practicing improv and stuff, all these things you think of when you're not up there because you're in the easy chair. You're not in the moment right then and there. Yes. And I think the, like, his comment reminds me a lot of that. Like, I don't think oh, you I really... Oh, I would run in. Oh. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's if easy I'm to there, say yeah. yeah. There. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'd totally dive into the, you know, freezing pool of water to save the baby or, like, dive into the lake or something or right. lift a car like, off a person. It's easy to say when you're not in this situation, when you're not in the moment. Yeah, he absolutely should have made a statement like he did a few days ago, I believe it was, about why did this man not follow through on his job? Why did he not go in? But I think he could have ended it there. I don't yeah, think he needed no to dive any further into it. <laughs> I think the biggest misrepresentation of the, his statement wasn't that he'd run in there, it's that he'd run in general. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Have you ever seen Trump run oh. before? Have you ever seen him, like, even a little jog? I want to see a race Never. between him and Chris Christie. Oh. Ooh, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to watch Maybe for charity. A race for a, a charity. charity race between Trump and Chris Christie. I don't even Christie. think people would see that anymore. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd watch it. Th- you could do it on Chris Christie's beach. Hey, now. That's my beach. That <laughs> it's not your beach if you can't go on it. <laughs> Christy can go on it, apparently. Yeah. Uh, oh. that. I've never, yeah, I've never seen him do any kind of exercise. No, I've never seen he him plays even. golf. I know, but you see, usually Again, never any you give exercise. like a little, a little <laughs> courtesy jog. Just like a little, 
a little doggy stroll, doggy. arms up, knees high, nothing. I've never seen it. Right. I don't think he's running probably 30 years. Hmm. He pays someone to do it for him. <laughs> His dentures would probably fall out. <laughs> Does he have dentures? I'm pretty sure. Have you, they, have you never they, seen the video of him yeah, slurring? Yeah, yeah. He's like, God bless the United States of America. It's <laughs> <laughs> like immediately like quick walks off stage, not jogging, of course. But he's no, just like never. like fixing his fixing his dentures. Oh my. He does have really nice teeth though for an old man, so that would explain I'm it. Pretty if he sure has they're dentures. fake, yeah. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Riveting discussion. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Donald Trump's dentures. I do wanna I wanna talk about the NRA boycotts for a second. Good, bad, helping what do you think? So, like, people and companies boycotting the NRA? Yeah, there um, are yeah. obviously many companies that have come out in recent days severing their ties, getting rid of the discounts for the 5 million NRA members. I mean, they're just making a political calculation. You know, is is it worth sticky? Like, what what is the NRA giving me as a company that uh, is worth staying with them the business of five million and then losing the business of five million people in a potential boycott you know so i get like amazon you know they're based in seattle (laughs) they're gonna want to boycott the nra um but i mean there's so there's like the like the one that immediately comes to mind is uh united airlines would give a discount to um to nra members on like i think it was just i think it was just a discount on flights on flight prices level like five or ten percent and they're severing that and I don't really care. Um, I've, I'm United Airlines from a business perspective. Why would I have aligned with a political group in the first place? Because I feel like that alienates I customers know, interesting. on the opposite side. So See, now it's NRA just like... shouldn't be considered a political group. Oh, they, w- they push legislation. They do, but it's never and like they, partisan they, she, yeah, she means like a party group. They're political, but they don't identify with a certain yeah. party. But I bet they don't really... Don't throw any Democrats. money at any Democrats. <laughs> well, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. mean, look, you can make the argument that they're not a political organization, but they are. When yeah. they, They're an activist group. They're a political activism group, right? They have their own grassroots operations, and they fund candidates. I don't know. If I'm a business, I wouldn't give their members discounts anyways. I would just say, well, you're just like the group on the left, and I don't really want to alienate my customers. So – I don't really care that they got rid of them. I understand it's caving to public opinion, which is fine because I feel like they'd probably lose more business yeah. not doing it. So from a business perspective, totally get it. Not really bothered. I'll still fly United or Delta, I mean, whatever's cheapest. To me, it, it it really it hurts all the responsible gun owning NRA members. You know, the average, ordinary people in the association who don't want anything to do See, with the craziness of the politics who are just, right. oh, you know, I want to be in the National Rifle Association. Mm-hmm. Just average people. That's like, something um, at CPAC this weekend, the NRA was obviously a huge, a huge part of it. Um, they had a booth set up there, and this, this man came up to me, and I'm standing by the NRA booth because I'm officially a member <laughs> as of this weekend. Sell out. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, this man came up to me, and he's like, I'm just sick of being told I have blood on my hands for having my own gun. For having a gun, I've never shot anybody. Yeah, that's crazy. I have it to protect myself. And I get looked at like I'm this crazy mass murderer. And I feel like I have all this blood on my hands. And all my friends aren't, like, speaking to me anymore. And it really, like, struck me. Like, it's so true. Like, why are we blaming these 5 million innocent gun owners who are just exercising their rights 
mm-hmm. when they had nothing to do with this shooting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I grew up around guns. My dad was military for 21 years. We have probably 20-plus guns in my home. Right. And, like, I've grown up shooting guns. Like, I'm very familiar with, like, gun safety. You know, I can take apart and put together a shotgun very easily. Um, and so, like, for myself and my dad, it's just like, you know, everybody looks at us like, oh, you still shoot guns? You know, even after all these mass shootings, you're not scared? And I've grown up with guns my entire life. I'm not scared of a gun because I know if somebody's not holding it and pointing it at me it won't hurt me and if you take care of your gun your gun will take care of you it's if you when you shoot it you clean it you take care of it it'll be fine it's not it's uh, it's not an animate object it's not going to get up and shoot you so as long as you're not pointing it anywhere it shouldn't be pointed at a target or at somebody who's trying to take another human life Mm -hmm. then there's really not a problem but everybody's of course overreacting everybody's hypersensitive to you know massive tragedies like the one that happened in florida this um it's just a shame that a lot of innocent people are getting blamed and right. called murderers for owning a weapon. See, I think it's going to come to the point where gun safety should almost be, like, a thing you learn in schools. Like, if guns are going to become such Used a to huge be. part of it. Was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to school in New Jersey, so we didn't have that. No, I, I don't but mean <laughs> our generation. I oh, mean, okay. Yeah, way, way, way back. Yeah, like, if they're going to become such a huge part of our society, which I think they obviously are now, I think that some kind of just gun safety in general, knowing how to use it, how to make sure safety's on, should be in schools from now on, especially if there's the argument that teachers could be armed one day. You know, I think it's good for kids to know that growing up so they aren't just, like, frozen when they see a gun. You know, they know. You know, while we're uh, we're still talking about the NRA, um, I think I'm going to say something controversial now. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I'm taking my taking my cue from Dana here. We can thank <laughs> her for that. All right, so she said the media loves mass shootings, right? I think the NRA loves mass shootings too. And I'll tell you why. Because think about how many people after this mass shooting went out, joined the NRA for one, like yourself, <laughs> this past weekend. Oh, well, that was I was at a conference. <laughs> right, right. But but people get fired up yeah, one yeah. way or another. All right. They go and join the NRA. The second gun control is talked about, it's honestly amazing to me that they don't back Democrats more because there was more gun sales under Obama mm-hmm. than any Republican president. And it happened every time there was a mass shooting. Gun sales go up because we have the inevitable gun control talk. So to me, Dana can you know say, oh, the media loves mass shootings. But the NRA benefits from this media exposure uh, in a lot of ways, too. And the, the sales, gun sales do as well. And I kind of think that would explain why they're being so combative rather than saying, oh, you know, we, we agree, like we're going to help solve a problem. They're kind of help stirring the pot here and keeping this going. And if they were really being negatively impacted, I think we would see a different response. So I don't know. I It's interesting because you're completely right about gun sales, and they always spike before an election where the Republican candidate isn't favored. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, under Obama's terms, like gun sales would spike every time gun control was talked about again because people would get scared. My dad would buy guns. So, like, I saw Don't, that. Oh, I saw yeah, that. but no. stock up. Yeah, he, he, he would every, go and he would stock up on ammo and every everything. time before because he knew and the prices were going to go yep. up and you had to get them soon. And that's, that's really 
really interesting. Mm-hmm. So are you are you giving credit to those people who are blaming the NRA for mass shootings since the NRA no. loves them? No, because, okay. I, I mean, again, I, I said the same thing about uh, Dana. Like, even she knows that the people in the media don't love the mass shootings, right? No one loves to see people get killed, especially children. NRA doesn't love it, and NRA doesn't condone it. They don't want it. But both the media and the NRA, they benefit. And they're both doing their part to stir the pot in America. They're stirring the pot. I don't think the NRA is stirring the pot. I think they're just defending themselves. But I think there's comprehensive legislation that could be passed that the NRA would be fine with. Right. And they've signed on to many, many bills trying to... Recently? I I could look it up. Do you want me to... Like, I don't know. I can't name any bills off the top of my head. I don't think there have been that many bills. Yeah, there hasn't. <laughs> the NRA's only come around when there's a shooting, honestly. The NRA is almost a libertarian organization when it comes to the Second Amendment. Right. They want little to no regulation. Yeah. You sure? Is I mean, there, there, have been, there have been gun manufacturers who have been like, mm-hmm. will back, you know, this regulation. Yeah, yep, well, my bad. The NRA is more like backing the preventative. Mm-hmm. background check mental health not necessarily gun regulation yeah. you're right you're right um but yeah the nra has been pretty uh opposed so yeah i mean that that's my controversial statement for the day i think dana can get up there and say that all she wants but i she knows she's guilty of it too that they benefit and so um once again new co-host applications will be on <laughs> the link below <laughs> um yeah no, well, I'm kidding, you know. kidding. all right well hmm. Interesting. Okay, something we have to get into for at least a few minutes because it's all over the news. Arming teachers. Thoughts? That's a, that's a good one. Uh. Um, I'm. I have very mixed feelings about this, right? Uh, so first of all, I'd like to dispel any fiction that people have about arming teachers, where it's like, oh, that's going to cost so much money. So the idea is basically that any teachers that are well trained and want to carry can carry and would maybe be given like a small bump like a bump in salary mm-hmm. for carrying and doing their duty to protect the school and the, the students the faculty and staff there um i it scares me because i know how little um how little it takes to really go get a concealed carry permit and the training it has for that and so i think the training would have to be a lot more intensive than that mm-hmm. and almost equal to that of really a police officer or more Right, because you know a lot of people would say that a police officer doesn't receive enough hand weapon training, which on, in a lot of cases is very true, um, where they don't have to go out and practice their shooting on a regular basis. And I think if you're a teacher, when there's kids running around and there's a possible shooter, you need to be incredibly accurate, well-trained, and familiar with your weapon. I think the training that would have to go into that would probably be w- like way too much to, to bother with. I think the cost would be like through the roof. Agreed. Um, I think you could do private security. It'd be an interesting thought. Yeah, I did like the one um, argument about like the retired veterans and law enforcement being placed in schools. I thought that was like a nice idea. Um, I don't know. You'd probably know more about like the economic side of that and the cost that would go up because you'd have to pay them yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I am a fan of the arming teachers in the sense that it's not every single teacher is being forced to carry a gun. Like, mm-hmm. some tw- teachers have taken to Twitter to say all the stupid things they've done in their classroom falling over. Please don't make me hold a gun. 
I think that's a very misplaced. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna make you hold a gun. Like right, right. It's concealed carry. It's not against your will. It's if you'd like to do it. Um, And I think some of the arguments were like teachers, even the coaches who were throwing themselves in between the children and the bullets. Like teachers connect with their children. They will do anything to protect Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And there are some teachers that, if they know how to handle the gun (coughs) and stuff, would absolutely do whatever they had to do to protect their children. Mm I think it's a nice step. I don't know. I don't see why people are so opposed to it. A lot of Republicans opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Marco Rubio being one of them. <sighs> and so it's, yeah, I, I really get both arguments. There's like the principle of, you know, oh my God, like, do we really need to arm our teachers? Like, what, are we turning our schools into prisons? You know, I think that every time someone says, oh, we need to install metal detectors mm-hmm. in every campus. Right. And basically put the TSA at every campus office before you can walk in. And I think, what? That is craziness. We don't need to do that. <laughs> I mean, if we're at that point in the country, we've got other problems, right. you know. But have we come to that? Like, isn't it that bad? No. I don't know. Mm. No, no. It's I mean, the, not even – I mean, look, we don't even need the TSA now after 9-11, <laughs> all right? Much less do we need it now in schools, you know, metal detectors. That just – the solutions can't be feel-good. You know, there's a lot of feel-good solutions being, and that's why I don't like having these discussions, you know, immediately post-mass shooting, because we look for the immediate, you know, instant gratification answer, what's going to stop this? But, I mean, the stuff with the metal detectors and, you know, putting a hired gun on every campus, a retired veteran, that just doesn't seem realistic to me. So that's why I'm actually for, I think, arming teachers, uh, whoever wants to be armed, because, I mean, the teachers are, are the principal or the principal is, you know, they have responsibility to protect their students. Right. Um, and whether that's through a school resource officer or whether they have a teacher that's trained, you know, that's on mm-hmm. the school. And people are going to say, well, that's, you can't put that burden on them. Well, you can. They you, already, it's they not they a burden, it's an option. It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you absolutely can. I, I think, think they need to word it not necessarily with the arming the teachers, but it's just concealed yeah. carry allowed on campus. Like, that's all it is. It's just the fight for concealed carry Mm -hmm. on high school campuses or middle school, elementary school, what have you. It's not arming the teachers, preparing for war, like, oh my gosh. It's just allowing them to do concealed carry, which is already legal in so many states. Mm -hmm. I I think what's really interesting about this is how hard the um, people on the left, Democrats and liberals, are pushing back on this when what they're advocating for, gun control in general, uh, is just a, mainly a restriction on sales of firearms and uh, ammunition. And that's not going to take firearms or ammunition necessarily out of the market or out of anybody's hands. It might prevent it from getting there. But the bottom of the line is you can buy and sell guns on Craigslist. It's really not hard, and most people won't check to see if you have a concealed carry if you're buying a weapon or like check your license or anything like that. A lot of people just don't do it. Um, so those gun control methods... You know, while they may sound nice, they're not going to do much. But the Democrats and liberals aren't willing to place protective measures, you know, proactive versus reactive. Gun control is reactive. Proactive is putting um, security in our schools to protect uh, the children. Right. That's an interesting point. And I do think one thing that needs to be said is the if you have the intent to harm and kill people, you're going to find a way. You know what I mean? Like, I firmly believe if it's a little harder for you to get a gun, you're going to find a way to commit that crime because it's what you want to do, whatever you want to use. I think people who are mentally ill will find a way to do whatever they're intending to do. 
We can make it harder for them. Yeah, we can absolutely make but it harder. At, at this point, just the culture in America, it's going to be pretty easy to obtain exactly. a firearm. Even if you outlaw the sale of all weapons, it'll still not be yeah. that hard. Because, I mean, with mentally, you know, I mean, we're, we're not really – a lot of people think they're qualified to talk about mental illness and, you know, the violence that comes after that. We really don't know. Like, it could be a lapse in someone's, you know, uh, in their illness, a particularly bad point in it where they managed to get a hold of a gun and kill people. And maybe if they had just been able to not have a gun for another hour, you know, they would have come back from that lapse mm-hmm. or, you know, something with medication, you know, when people get on medication, things right, happen. So, sure. you know, I, I agree. There's, there's a certain amount you can do to make it harder um, and not just think mental illness is going to make people kill people. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. So Whew, light, light subjects. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we a little debriefing from this episode. Um, so we have to end, end every episode, obviously, with real talk. Real talk. We had a, a riveting topic for real talk last, last episode. Um, yes, we did. Check out the podcast about Trump's facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and this week, we're going to let our guest end our real talk, Nolan. So for real talk this week, uh, to tell uh, tell everybody listening about me, I'm an independent. I am not a Republican nor a Democrat. Got that and plug in there. <laughs> I would be libertarian if the Libertarian Party wasn't such a joke. And now I'm gonna read something off their Instagram off their Instagram page. Oh, it's boy. a picture of Donald Trump, and it says, "I like big budgets, and I cannot lie. Even Republicans <laughs> can't deny when a bill goes through." With a whole lot of waste and a deficit in my face, I get funds. <laughs> if the Libertarian Party wasn't such a joke, maybe they'd have some success because nobody likes the Democrats right now and nobody likes the Republicans, but they're making memes on their official Instagram account. This is their official, This is their verified, verified official account. This was posted oh six hours ago as of recording this podcast. <laughs> okay, but their candidate was Gary Johnson. Did we really think they were serious? Exactly. <laughs> they're not taking anything seriously, and I, it frustrates me. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not funny, but (laughs) (laughs) if you're trying to be actually serious about gaining some traction. Budgets and I cannot laugh. How do you do, kids? Oh, man. It's like, what is Aleppo? What is Aleppo? He was at CPAC. Was he really? Yeah, apparently he wanted to speak and they they would not let him speak. (laughs) When he was governor, he was a Republican. He ran, yeah. into, he ran into the Republican yeah. Party. I think he might have been in like a breakout session or something. I'm not sure. See, I feel like libertarians make <clears throat> better Republicans than they do libertarians. Because the Libertarian Party at its core is what the Republicans said they were supposed to be about. Ooh. Yeah. Because, like, fight, 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 fight. fight, fight. <laughs> but, like, think of like Rand Paul, you know? Uh, he's, he's a great libertarian. Rand Paul. <laughs> and he's Nolan one of the. Fist bumping he's into a the star air. of the Republican Party, you know, love him or hate him. But who do you know on the Libertarian Party other than what and is Aleppo the problem, Johnson? Because they don't <laughs> you know? take themselves seriously enough. So all of the like people who would normally run and fit better in a Libertarian Party platform just end up in the Republican Party because that's the only way they're going to get funding and the only way they're going to get a platform to actually run for real political Which is office. That's kind of true, though. Like Not to be the Debbie Downer, but it's really hard for a third party to get anything more than, what, 5% of the votes they got but last But if there's time? ever been a time, it is now. And the I election showed that. You're right. The election showed that. Like the amount that third, The amount of votes third parties are getting in the general election for presidency 
have been going up because more and more people are tired of the Democrats and they're tired of the Republicans and they're mm-hmm. looking for an alternative. And if the Libertarian Party would stop posting memes on their social <laughs> media, maybe they would find some success. There's you know, some final thoughts for you. That, uh, oh. <laughs> Looking for new guests on the show as well. <laughs> new guests, please. Gosh. Welp. You know, that Instagram, it's probably just Gary Johnson's personal Instagram when he forgets to switch it. It's just Gary Johnson's Finsta page. It's <laughs> the libertarian <laughs> official Instagram. I would subscribe oh, wow. to that page. Probably. Yikes. All right. Thank you, Nolan, for being our guest this week. Thank you for having me. We will check in with you next week, next Monday. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully uh, lighter topics between yeah, now and Yeah, let's have a lighthearted then. show next week. It'll be nice. Yeah, it's a Monday. We want to bring you down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting. Have a great week. We will catch you guys next week on In Pod We Trust. <laughs>